Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. Sorry, Luke, was that too loud? <laughs> Very loud in my headphones. Why was it? Is that louder than normal? I don't know. Are we tinkered with something? I have no idea. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by the other one, Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I, I'm good. Uh, the, the one reason that the audio might have just deafened us slightly there is because we are... I mean, this. I guess the podcast people, the pod Swafters, might not really care that much, but spread the word after Swafters, <laughs> because... We are working on the set, mm-hmm. the new setup for Wrestle Ramble on the YouTube channel, and uh, yeah, this we, we've we've had experiments with audio and whatnot. Yes, it's coming hopefully. I'm yeah, hoping by the end of the month. Absolutely, I'm very much looking forward to it because yeah. that will stop people complaining about how boring this backdrop is at the moment. Because it's not a backdrop; it's literally the soundboards to yes. dampen the sound in here that are just try to arrange look a bit nicer yeah yeah i, I mean, didn't think people watched us any i just assumed they put it on youtube and then went on to other tabs i mean that's what i would do yeah, yeah. but uh you, you know we want to look professional i do not do not blame people for wanting to look at a nice thing absolutely yeah. no i completely agree uh so how was you were here working quite late and watching uh, the bake-off i on the other hand went to uh, the shepherd's bush o2 empire to watch john carpenter in concert mm. and it was bloody spectacular it was absolutely awesome it was one of the best gigs i've ever been to i had such a good time what are the other best gigs you've ever give me the other two so uh, top three top three uh faith no more uh reading 2009 but that's because I, so, I was so desperate to see faith no more um other best gig. lady gaga I've never seen Lady Gaga. I thought you had seen Lady no, Gaga. No, my brother had, because my brother was a roadie for Lady Gaga for a little bit. Um, really? Yeah. I've met your brother. I know you have. That seems like a very unlikely job that he would have had. My brother is a, uh, a jack-of-all-trades. But uh, uh, other best gig, oh, maybe Clutch, uh, Bloodhound Gang were very good. Uh, when I saw them, uh, you know, let's say, let's say a few years ago, about 10 years ago now. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, it's all right. Carry on with John Carpenter. Oh yeah, John Carpenter was was <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Really, really good. He played uh, all the hits uh, from his films because this was like a, that we all know that we all know. Yeah, um, really enjoyed. Like he opened with Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, no, sorry, he opened with um, Escape from New York, and it was so cool. Like seeing him, he has got some amazing dad dance moves. Oh, he did some grooves. Yes. So because or was it like a, a Truth TV dance break? 
No, it was like he's got some moves while he's playing because his son Cody is on lead synth. So he's doing. So you know, like the Halloween theme. Da, 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 da. That's what Cody is doing. Like he's doing that bit, whereas John Carpenter's doing the doom, doom. So which gives him a lot more time to do some dancing while he's playing. A lot usually just one handed. There's other hand in his pocket and just looking so cool. Do you do you ever remember Milo? Spelt M Y L O. Absolutely not. Mother Effer's gonna drop the pressure. Nope. Dun 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 dun. Absolutely. So not. he was a key. He would perform with keyboards, mm-hmm. and he would walk between the keyboards, and he had the worst in between keyboards walk <laughs> dance I've ever seen. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, I got back uh, quite late last night, but my uh, my wife was still awake, and um, she. We were just sort of like chatting and stuff about like you know how the gig was and everything, and I just happened to mention like, and uh, you know I got myself a t-shirt. Uh, that's what you do when you go to gigs. I'm a bit of a sucker for t-shirts. You're wearing it today. I am. Yes. So my, what, that's Christine. It's my Christine t-shirt. It's some um, uh, exhaust fumes coming out of the back of a well, out of Christine classic car. Yes, because that's what Christine is. She's a, spelling a, the word Christine. Yes, and I also got a, a tour t-shirt. That was like, I was like, she's like, oh, that's a nice t-shirt you bought. I was like, yep, and I also bought another one. How much does that cost? Oh, they were expensive. How much is a, a John Carpenter t-shirt bought from inside the venue, not from the spaces on the pavement outside? No, they were. <laughs> you don't see that very much. We were actually talking about this with a guy in the queue when we were going in, me and my friend. You don't really see, like, well, I remember going to gigs back in the day. And you would almost see more scalpers than you would people going into the arena or the building or whatever. You, people were just going up, buy, sell tickets, buy, sell tickets. And apparently now they stand outside tube stations. That's where they operate their business. The other thing you don't see anymore is people selling bootleg merch outside mm. of gigs. You know, with like incorrect names or like tour dates that are wrong, like eight days in a week, like for the actual tour. Um, but they were twenty quid each. That's not too bad. Well, when you put when you two, that's forty pounds. Yes. I yeah I get and then I, bought, I get how and, that works and then I bought two beers and that cost me eleven ninety. Okay, well you got that's okay. I and thought you were gonna because when I went to the Rolling Stones, their standard tour T-shirt was forty quid. Oof, hello mate, I know. hello Moto. People bought them. Well, of course they are. And that's how, so. I mean, I'm not the biggest Metallica fan. I think Metallica are perfectly fine. Uh, I think Hardwired is a great album though. They're fine. They are it fine. Was fine. It was fine. Um, but. They were like the like the first band to really monetize fandom. So like they were the first people to like, hey, if you want to be uh, get access to tickets, why don't you like become a fan, a member of our fan club, pay a monthly subscription, and then you can get early access to tickets. Also, would you like to buy some merchandise? Mm. They were very smart on that. And now you see a lot of bands, Guns and Roses, are doing the exact same thing. Clearly, because they they got back together for the love of each other and because they want to make music together. Sweet, sweet music. Yep, which is why you've got to become a fan club member in order to buy... To actually buy a ticket, you've got to be a member of the fan club and then the tickets are super expensive and then their merchandise is super expensive. John Carpenter, on the other hand, he's just such a humble dude. He's like, this is a fair price for a t-shirt. Would you like to buy it? Or, and, and, I, and I went, yes, I would. Or John Carpenter can't get away with doing all those things because <laughs> mate, he is relatively niche. Mate, I'll be honest with compared you. Compared like, to megastars Guns N' Roses. However, the fans that were there, and like these were like people who were just so dedicated to the John Carpenter cause of being like, do you know whose films are brilliant? John Carpenter. Do you know whose music is brilliant? John Carpenter. These are people who were so excited to see this. Like, you know, he sold the place out. You know, it's, it's 2,000 seats. If you'd asked each one of them to pay a fiver to sign up to his thing, people would have done it. 
By the way, we have a Patreon. So uh, <laughs> if, if you want to get access to exclusive content, Absolutely. Then, uh, then go back. And uh, also, we've got a, a, a movie screening coming up in Leicester Square in London. We certainly do. Uh, the Prince Charles, a screening of Beyond the Mat and a live wrestle ramble after. What are you waiting for? If you haven't bought your tickets already for that... What are you waiting for? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you remember that when Michael Cole would just say, "Yeah, well, you, you haven't subscribed to the WWE yeah. Network yet." Oh my! What are you waiting my for? My favorite was when he was like, "Are you ordering this on pay per view?" God, you're idiots! Like, uh-huh. don't 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 order on pay per view and pay forty dollars for it. Get the network. Yeah, that was great. Um, big thank you to uh, an email from. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. I'd imagine Sem Sadigal. C E M S A R. Ah, none of those are phonetically spelled. I get, yeah. Sem Sarigal. Sarigal, that's what I'm going with. Sem Sarigal. Thank you very much for your Rusev Hey. You sent me a very detailed description of what happened on the show, but don't really go into detail about the actual people that you met. But um, still, the point of the, it's essentially a, a show report. Yeah, it, it, that's what it did feel like. But thank you very much for sending that in. Uh, I do have another uh, Rusev Hay here from Emmanuel Espinoza. Hi, Luke. Uh, brackets not Ollie and Laurie. Love the podcast. Love the consistent work. Keep it up. I'm glad Laurie is a part of the team now. He's so trustworthy. Even if his name is Spanish for the fake one. I'm Hispanic. I should know. But I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Here's my Rusev Hay. I'll keep it short. I live in a small town in southern Arkansas or in the US we don't have a lot of stuff to do here even the local bowling alley is going out of business Aww. despite all that city council starting an events organisation and we now have concerts featuring a few big name artists well, hopefully John Carpenter um, mm. mostly country artists recently we got a few wrestling events not to be rude they are relatively unknown names but the main event of the show I went to was MVP versus Chavo Guerrero tickets were only 10 bucks and me and my friends were bumped up to VIP I got to meet Chavo he's a really nice guy super easy to talk to the show was great and he beat how he beat MVP for the promotion's top title that's my Rusev hey and here's a picture to prove it because you know that old saying picks or it didn't happen uh, I've been Emmanuel and that was a Rusev hey and hey, that is a picture of line. him with Chavo hey that's cool that Chavo cool. star of Netflix's glow yeah, there is. And that is a very nice AJ Styles t-shirt you're wearing there. And a very nice beard, I might add. Nice little chin strap. Very metal of you. Very uh, early 2000s new metal. You'd have fit right in in P.O.D. Um, but Ollie has given me the eyes to... I just, I, I'm not going to... St- the 10 minutes are up. <laughs> I know. Uh, but anyway, we're going to crack into the show now. We're kicking off talking about the, the big news coming out of SmackDown mm. 1000, which is all around Dave Batista seemingly getting into a feud with Triple H, like he needs another one, uh, for WrestleMania. Here's the show. To the task in hand. The big news coming out of SmackDown 1000. It was a big show with a lot of newsworthy a, a things happening show. on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I want to talk about... Where was Tori Wilson? <laughs> she was she was advertised. I was looking forward to her. She is the only reason I watched this. Well, Michelle McCall didn't show up either. Neither did James Ellsworth. James Ellsworth was there. He actually did a WWE.com video being mm. like, why wasn't I on TV? And it really does feel that this show, particularly this segment we're going to talk about, derailed the whole show. I think this segment might have gone longer than it was supposed to and everything else had to sort of like be condensed down because like The Undertaker came out at the end of the show as like the final, literally the bell rung and then The Undertaker had to make his entrance because you need 10 minutes to do that. And he said three words and then left. I wonder if like the show ran, well, 
this segment ran longer than it was supposed to and things like your Tory Wilson appearance and your Michelle McCool appearance was uh, scrapped. Are you telling me a Triple H segment <laughs> went long well, I mean, over hey, its allotted time? I'm just speculating here. That's all speculation on my part. And potentially a McMahon family segment also ran long. There is also that possibility as well, yeah. To the detriment to people who are not in control of the company. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the Miz and Rusev went, I believe, 15 seconds. Blast for me, blast for you, <laughs> blast for everybody. So this is Evolution Reuniting, which, uh, as much as we're joking about it going long, I thought was a tremendous segment. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Absolutely, yeah. I thought it was probably the best thing on the show, really. But, oh, but we should clarify that when we say Evolution, we are talking about... The group. The Raw faction. Yeah, not the pay-per-view that's coming uh, up in yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah, the Raw faction on this SmackDown celebration yeah. show. Now, I wonder as well, because I wasn't really hyped for like an Evolution reunion... Um, on SmackDown, considering they were a Raw exclusive brand. Um, but, like, I wonder, really, I wasn't hyped for an Evolution promo or an Evolution reunion for the same reason that I, we've seen a lot of people in our comments section aren't into The Shield at the moment, because they weren't watching wrestling when The Shield were originally around. So they just look at The Shield now as an excuse to get Roman over, which that's what The Shield always were, but they were just really awesome. Mm. And Evolution, or Evolution, depending on your point of origin were a group that were around when i wasn't watching wrestling this was when i'd stopped watching this is the, the yeah both of us we were after the attitude era kind of Dropped crashed off. we 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 were we watched smackdown because you had that great paul Heyman. Uh, I, I wasn't even watching that I, okay. I, I stopped at 2002 ish i just, i stopped watching it it was when it was when hogan won the belt mm. and then Undertaker won it a month later. I was like, mm, I'm done with this. Yeah, well, this Triple H faction, you know, was was a great... It was meant to get Randy Orton over, and similar Batista. to how... Well, Batista got over by accident, and they went was with it him. Was really? Yeah, it was always designed to get Randy I over. I thought it was... I knew it was designed to get Randy over. I thought the point of it was to get both of them over. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, but they always thought Randy was going to be the big star there. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> so this... But uh, they all come out for, for this in their various guises. Batista... It was just... So the problem with this is Batista, to me, feels like such a SmackDown star. Yeah. And, like, I I really... Like, he was a huge part of that mid-noughties to late-noughties SmackDown brand. So I I really think it should... This should just be a Batista return. You advertise it as a Batista return. That's big. That's, like, mainstream big because he's in these highest-grossing superhero movies of all time. That's all you need. Yeah. Because like, then you can put Batista returns at the top of all your adverts rather than Evolution returns, which, by the way, is comprised of Ric Flair, Triple H, oh, the, the, the Batista guys in it, and Randy Orton. You bring Batista down, and then, like, as a, as a nice moment, you surprise him with the Evolution reunion. That's, actually, that's how yeah, I would have done it. That's a really nice way of doing it. Because, like, when I got back into watching wrestling, which was early 2005, that was just as Evolution had come to an end. Randy Orton had already been kicked out of the group. And it was when they were doing Batista's face turn against Triple H to lead into that WrestleMania match they had. And then the second, like, that match happened, he went off to SmackDown. So I, like you, have always thought, yeah, Batista's definitely a SmackDown guy. Mm. And I'll be honest... Out of all these four lads that were in the ring, he was the only one I was interested in hearing from. Like he, he was the and he was the shining star of this segment. Oh, yeah. Really, the whole segment was designed for him. 
So the evolution thing really was like a an almost redundant backdrop to it. Which is weird because so this is this was Washington DC. Great crowd, yeah. I thought all night. Mm-hmm. Uh Batista's hometown, which he very eloquently put over in his promo. And he he was own and it's SmackDown one thousand. He was only adver- like he was only contacted to return a couple of weeks ago. When he complained about it on Twitter. Yeah. And like that was that was quite obviously that's not just well, it was reportedly, but you can work out for yourself that's what actually happened. It's not like that turned into a storyline. Well, the thing is, with Batista, you see, he didn't do what the Bellas did. The Bellas became famous outside of WWE, but through WWE, really, with, like, the Total Divas and, and Total Bellas stuff. Whereas Batista literally went, no, I'm done. And he walked off and he became mega famous outside of... without the help mm. of WWE. So they're always... You, you can find those sort of wrestlers have, like, a bit of a... or the, the company has a bit of a chip on their shoulder about those sorts of people who become famous without them. Also, people who are closely linked to Triple H who go on and have that big movie career that Triple H probably wishes he, he could have always, had. He always wanted that big movie yeah. career and it never happened for him because he was in Blade Trinity, which is a dreadful movie. And he's not a good actor. <laughs> like, he's a great professional wrestler. Oh, but he uh, yeah. is not a good actor. I mean, uh, remi- film. incredibly though, he's not the worst thing in Blade Trinity. Yeah, but that's a special movie. <laughs> he's, he's quite fun in Blade Trinity. Yeah. Chaperone, he, it's awful. It's a, <laughs> that, that is a bad film. Um, so this segment was really this segment was just here to tease the Batista versus Triple H match at WrestleMania next year. But when like that, that presumably that was only something they agreed upon in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, because Bati- after they started advertising the Evolution reunion, right? Most likely because Batista's whole deal was he said like I want to do one last run with yeah. the company, but not do what I did during that Royal Rumble period, like when I came back and I was meant to win the title at WrestleMania, but unfortunately that Daniel Bryan bloke got over and sort of messed, messed everything up. He wanted to sort of come back and do a full run, do the TV, do house shows, do all of it, and end with a Batista versus Triple H match at WrestleMania. Like, that was what he's always wanted to do. That's what he said he wanted to do earlier this year. He was going to be Ronda Rousey's tag team partner at WrestleMania this year. And this isn't rumor or speculation. This is what Batista has said in interviews, that... This is what Dave Meltzer had reported, and Batista, you know, said, "Yeah, that's true. Mm. I was going to be Ronda Rousey's tag team partner, and it was all agreed upon. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped returning my calls, and then was just like, and yeah. so, and then they announced Kurt Angle as the tag team partner without telling Dave, and he just went, well, I guess I'm not at WrestleMania this year then. And he's been in sort of like very down on the company all year long, really. Mm. And the, the tweets have kind of sort of backed that up." Until this point here, as you said, like two weeks ago, all of a sudden they announced that he is going to be coming back. And yeah, they've, part, part of that appears to be for a match with Triple H at Mania. Yeah. So, I mean, it's eight minutes in now and I feel like we have been quite down on this. But this segment was I thought was really, really good. They come out, all four guys, uh, in their suits, like even Randy Orton in the suit, which does jar with... Yeah, stuff this, he's been doing recently. This is not the Randy Orton we've seen over the last... No. This was, as we said, an out-of-canon... Uh, Randy Orton appearance is what we thought it would be last week and this was very much out of canon Randy Orton it, it's straddled it's the story of the show it's straddled being a nostalgia out of canon show while trying to because he's, he was still heelish and still talking about cementing his legacy but he was also in a suit <laughs> hugging everyone <laughs> yeah and um Although, full credit to this segment, at least they didn't beat up a tag team and completely bury them. So, 
you know, thumbs up to that. Sorry, I guess. revival. Sorry, yes, it was better than Raw twenty five. Yeah, so that they come out and the, the, there's a moment on the top of the ramp where Triple H hugs Batista, and I thought oh, that's nice. You know, I want to see them be friends and go for it. And uh, they come down and they all stand in the ring and they each have a bit of promo time. Triple H. A remarkably brief promo. He, I don't. I've written here. Triple H says some stuff. Yeah. Because what he said, there was no, there was no fruit to it whatsoever. Like he literally was like, "Hello," mm. and then passed the mic over to Ric Flair. And uh, Flair said he's. He said, uh, "I'm here at SmackDown 1000. I'm more familiar with the number 10,000, <laughs> nice. which is his, <laughs> <laughs> his, his figure in his head of the amount of women he's slept with. Yeah. Which." Uh, was one of my favourite stories of last year. <laughs> the amount of women who have uh, had a mission to Space Mountain, yeah. which is what Ric Flair calls the act of having sex with Ric Flair. And uh, I can't remember who did it now, but uh, a website really dove into the numbers <laughs> and was like, this is... Unless he was like... Unless sex was his full-time job. Which it more or less he, was. Yeah, where, where he was like having sex with three different women a day. Not, I, not genuinely, counting. I could believe it. I genuinely could believe Ooh, it. This is going to be good. <laughs> Ric Flair has said that wrestling, like, he loves wrestling, but it was all about the partying. Like, he, the stories he tells about wrestling are never about, <laughs> I had this great match with this person, I had this amazing view with this person. It was like, I had a match, and then we went out and partied, and we partied until, you know, four the next afternoon, and then we would drive to the next town and do a show. I don't know who it was with. And then I would party again, and I would just drink all day long. That's his gimmick. That's his gimmick, man. Yeah, and he lives the gimmick. Uh, but, you know, I'm glad that people like Ric Flair exist, but I think that it's going to become increasingly problematic. I think that <laughs> when, when Ric Flair does um, sadly leave this mortal coil, he does need to be experimented on to find out how he is still alive. Mm, mm, definitely. Or how he lived for so long. Uh, so... I mean, he nearly died last year. I, I forget know. about that yeah. uh, with uh, surgery complications. So, so yeah, the, Ric Flair has that funny promo. Randy Orton, I was like, God, where are they going to go with this? Because he's been this great heel the last couple of months. And he starts to do a babyface promo with Evolution. But then he's like, hey, you know, huh, I'm actually the only one still doing stuff here. Like, you know, you're... Uh, the, you're running the show. Yeah, Flair is... Uh, living vicariously through Charlotte and Batista just sits in a makeup chair all day long. Yeah, so that was that it, was at least a bit of continuity in a multi-billion-dollar movie. Like it's yeah. one thing to say if if Batista had a unsuccessful Hollywood career, then I could almost see the point where it's like, and you make loads of money by it's sitting. It's a heel I'm, promo. I know it falls <laughs> apart. Heel promos only really work uh, if they if they actually have a point. Yeah, which is the, why the Miz is yeah, you end exactly. up rooting for him. <laughs> Very legitimate concerns. Yeah, uh, but then they pass the mic over to Batista, yes. and this was already like just it felt so organic. These four guys when they oh, were yeah. talking and the chemistry in the ring, and they broke character at yeah. one point because Batista just has this off the cuff line that none of the other three were <laughs> expecting. The crowd reacted big to it, and they all like broke into laughter. Triple H like had to turn away from the hard cam because yeah. he was. Well, they call it breaking in America, don't they? But we call it corpsing. Yes. Laughing I, when I, not meant to. And I thought it was lovely. And it felt like Batista hadn't been given a script or anything to say. It was just like, here's a microphone. Go out there. And he's like, I've got four points I want to make. First of all, I'm happy to be here. Second of all, this is my hometown. Third reason, uh, third thing I want to say, about, you fans are all brilliant. Even when you booed me, when you cheered me, when you called me Blue Teaster and Boo Teaster, I loved it. it cheers, I yeah. Loved, and I was just so happy to be here. And then fourth reason I wanted to be here is these three guys. And he says, 
putting over these three guys. Like, you know, Ric Flair is a legend. Randy Orton's the youngest world heavyweight champion of all time. They're just like, you know, putting over his. And then Triple H, he's done everything in this business. Everything there is to do, except beat me. And the crowd all of a sudden go, oh, because it turned. Oh, it the was great. Turned. It was really good because it really was the same. We were like, oh, it's so great to be here. And then all of a sudden, wrestling angle. Like, it yeah. was, oh, it was wonderfully done. It's a, it's it's that, you know, that, that awesome switch yeah. that live performances can have like that. Or, or just any great piece of drama. And Triple H sold this so well. I feel bad now for calling them a bad actor. <laughs> but he's a bad actor in, in the subtle realm of movies. But, yeah. like, here... His acting was sublime. So good. He just like he just had this such a subtle look on his face of you know what, mate? Yeah. And then they they like oh, but Ric Flair does this stupid dance in between them. Like, <laughs> uh, don't fight, guys. I and they it, they laugh yeah. and they hug and they're all celebrating. But then it, the camera goes on Triple H again, and he's like. You're not getting away with that. Yeah. I called it in my WrestleMania review. Wrestle, I, I called it in my SmackDown review. WrestleMania stare intensifies. Because he yeah. really all of a sudden had this look on his face. It was like, oh, we're building to a WrestleMania match. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I want everyone in here to know we're having a WrestleMania match. But again, it really does strike that, that chord of the best built matches in WWE this year have all been around Triple H. Triple H in the Undertaker was a brilliantly booked like and told story leading into Super Showdown and into Crown Jewel and now into WrestleMania next year. Yeah. Whereas everyone else is just, you're on the show and you have your matches. I've been thinking about this and I don't think it's as simple as a case of, oh, well, he's Triple H. He wants to give himself all no. the best stuff. No. Like, it's not, it's not that. Uh, I think it's more of a case of, I know I can do this. I trust myself to go out there and have these like these unscripted segments and build these long-term storylines and have multiple feuds going at once big feuds because he's got the brothers of destruction stuff as well like i trust myself to do that because i'm triple h but i don't necessarily trust all these other guys like they haven't proved it enough yet because they haven't given the opportunity that's it and, and yeah that's why they have to do the scripted thing so i think like i think most people in wwe management are doing what they think is right uh, unfortunately, it's also quite stifling. Yeah, and I would say to that as well as an, an addendum to that is that I'd imagine Vince looks at these guys and we're like, well, they're stars. Mm. Like, we need to push these guys. Like, they, they, these guys sell tickets. They are legitimate draws. So obviously, we're going to give them all the big time matches. And then, but the, like, they're not here all the time. Like these guys over here, you're people who are there week in and week out. You're not treating them like stars. They're just on the show. Whereas these guys over here, who just you know show up for your big your big four pay per views or your Saudi Arabia shows or what have you, they're just you know they're the stars. Yeah, uh, but the yeah Batista's delivery was really really good. I thought it was great, particularly his when he was talking about uh, Washington D.C. and how he was you know he was a poor kid growing up. He saw more violence than anyone should have to see. He was a bouncer downtown. I just like. He got to the top. It was really, really genuine. It was great. Uh, and yeah, that bit that you were talking about with Ric Flair. I can't remember what Flair did, but Batista just goes, keep it in your pants. Yeah, this is a family a show, show, and yeah. that's what made everyone It's joke. because he went to do, like, he put over Flair, and Flair went to do a fist bump, but Batista didn't see it. And it was all this awkward, like, oh, oh he didn't see. And then Batista looked, so he went to do it again, but Batista didn't notice it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was this really, like, cute, awkward moment between them. And then they did the fist bump, and he was like, yeah, keep that thing away from me. Keep that thing in your pants. Yeah, well, it should be Randy you're looking out for. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so, yeah, just a, a, a really, this is the perfect balance of nostalgia 
and actual substance. Like yeah. that, I don't think you could. There, there are a few better examples mm-hmm. uh, in recent times of this. Really yeah. good stuff. Uh, yeah, if it was me, and I would, uh, I'd been the one. I'd like you. I'd have built this around ret- uh, Batista's return as opposed to yes. an evolution return. And then you have like maybe you could have Randy Orton come down, and you have Ric Flair, and you do it as like an incremental surprise, building up to Triple H coming down, and that's when you have the killer line of "You've mm-hmm. done everything in this business except for beat me." Yeah, yeah. Russell Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November 13th, 2018 for a live podcast recording along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command... Um, it, it just seems to me that, that, that it's pretty logical that you should be puke. Holly El Fakador and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your cues and RAs. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat, no, 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 this will be a wrestler-long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chance. He's got a puke! He's got a puke! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler-long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Game of Wall Street 4. Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So SmackDown 1000, SmackDown CN. Where was Andrade Yelma? Wait, he, that's CN 100. 100. Yes. Okay. Uh, doesn't work as well. No. They, they open with a video package of lots of famous moments from SmackDown's past. And this was like, you know, this was really nice because I was, I was brought up on SmackDown as a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. I, di- I, I didn't have Sky Sports, which was what was... Uh, what it was broadcast on over here in the UK but I did have Sky 1 so every Thursday morning uh, between I think it was 11am and 1pm Smackdown would be on a heavily edited version mostly shots of the crowd as people were hit by chairs Saturday mornings as well was when you get your Smackdown so I used to go to my friend's house because we've never had Sky in our house because Rupert Murdoch's evil but we used to I'd go over to his house and uh, and enjoy the fruits of him paying for Mm. uh, paying Rupert Murdoch paying the devil so uh, we would go there and watch the the highlights from Smackdown so I, I like you, I was kind of like had this nice, you know, good he- like heavy diet of SmackDown, and actually this video package kind of like reflected that because the majority of the highlights here were like late nineties, yes. early two thousands, mid two thousands, and then nothing else. It was all like, hey, wasn't Rey Mysterio great? Wasn't Eddie great? Wasn't JBL great? Wasn't the Attitude Era great? And yeah, and then there's other stuff over here. Then yes. there's like another ten years that we're not showing. It's a, yeah, it's a bit of an indictment. I mean, it's. It's quite easy to forget that SmackDown was nothing for about, you know, six, I, seven years yeah, it there. Really but it really was. It was just the Raw Replay show. Yeah. And it was only in 2016 when they changed that. Yeah, where, it with the really brand started to fall we, off the... We the... didn't used to review SmackDown. That's a recent thing. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just nothing happened on it. It's now a relevant show again. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and they treated it as such. Like, all those big stars were... What on um Raw? Well, on Raw, yeah. yeah. Or or like they existed before two thousand and nine. Yeah, remember that period in time when like they Raw became the Super Show, so it had both yeah. Raw and SmackDown guys. But then SmackDown just had the SmackDown guys, and it was just it was such a rubbish show to watch because nothing happened. Yeah, it didn't, week to didn't week, matter. it was awful. Yeah, and it was like it wasn't just nothing happened. It was whatever did happen you'd already seen on Raw, and yeah. it wouldn't matter. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but um, one of the my favourite bit that they included, which I, I think is a rather odd choice, but I'm happy they did twice in video recap packages. Big Boss Man <laughs> stealing Big Show's dad's coffin yeah. and running it round the funeral. One of the all-time most ridiculous 
fantastic angles. It's so, I mean, like Big Boss Man <laughs> is involved in two of my favourite, like utterly ridiculous attitude era angles. That's a heel. That is a heel. It was him stopping Big Show's dad's funeral. Do you remember the poem he did on Raw about this uh, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was reading out the poem about how he's glad that his dad's <laughs> dead, like, or how his dad's glad that he's dead he's because his son's such an idiot. Oh, the Big Boss Man was awesome. And when he uh, kidnapped Al Snow's dog, killed it and turned it into like chili mm. and fed it to Al Snow which South Park did as a uh, as a gag um, one of the with best it. videos ever I, uh, something Scott T- Scott Tenneman must Tenneman, die yeah, Scott Tenneman must die um, and yeah so I, I was really happy that that was there but some of my other highlights <laughs> that were in this uh, Rhino Goring Jericho oh, through the tight like through the screen Vince McMahon winning the WWF championship um, that was early days Smackdown as well mm. it was like episode 20 or so um Stephanie McMahon winning the women's championship, which she held for a long, long time. A yeah, she, long she, time. She invented the women she invented women, so yeah, that was where it's that's where it began. Uh Teddy Long's ride with the Undertaker, Teddy Long face. Yeah. Um Arnold Schwarzenegger and my personal favourite is Austin and Booker T in their <laughs> supermarket brawl. Press check on Jackass. <laughs> so good. So yeah, SmackDown used to be even more fun than oh it was today. <laughs> so my friends, like this, oh, this takes me back. My friend was not a fan of wrestling whatsoever. Mm. Like he just had no interest in it. But he, to this day, will say it's one of the funniest things he's ever seen is that Austin and Booker T. And he knows like almost line for line the things that <laughs> happened within it. It was like, oh, do you remember that fight in the supermarket? It's so funny. And it really was good. Well, sticking with the McMahon focus of just WWE in general and that opening video package, Truth TV opened the show with special guest Stephanie McMahon. Zawful entrance music. As soon yeah. as I heard that music, I was like, oh, dearie me. Did you get flashbacks. Yeah, I did, yeah. Like, like Vietnam flashbacks. Mm. Um, Truth also had this funny line where he was like, oh, this uh, Truth TV's been on SmackDown for years now. Yeah. And Carmella had to be like, yeah, we've only had one show and, and we got cancelled off the back of it. But they did have... Well, that, then he, Truth interrupts and goes... Dance break. Dance break, yeah. And then he went to do, introduce the new man, but then thought we should have another dance break. Byron Saxon is so dorky during these dance breaks because he loves it. Yeah. He's like, I wish the whole show was dance breaks. Anyways. So does Vince McMahon, probably, <laughs> the amount he does dance-offs. Yeah. Uh, the Truth's introduction was great. He did uh, the, the... It's like such a simple, overused gag, but Truth is very good at delivering these lines. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, Stephanie McMahon comes out, and she says that she's the first GM of SmackDown, mm. and then who should return? But Shane McMahon, and I'm with Corey Graves on this one. Where the hell have you been? Where the hell have you been, Shane? Yeah, they haven't really explained that. Joe was trying to invade AJ's house, Shane. Where have you been? What you been up to for these last eight months? Delegation. It's one of the great tools that uh, Shane has in his arsenal. That's exactly what Todd Delegation. Phillips says. Yeah, he said he's been running the show from behind the scenes, been helping Paige, mm, um, yeah. which is... You Doesn't know, want to overshadow her. No, absolutely yeah, not, yeah. no. Uh, and he uh, does, you know, what's up, Washington? And then he uh, welcomes Stephanie to the A-show. I thought he had a good promo. Well, like, he's had eight months to practice yeah, it. Yeah, like uh, Shane I was very down on Shane for the last... Well, year of his SmackDown run, yeah. um, but I thought he was very good here in his delivery. I liked um, Stephanie's retort when uh, Shane says, "Welcome to the A Show," and Stephanie's like, "I mean, it is a show." Yeah, <laughs> that like that similar to the Evolution segment. I thought their chemistry together and the way they interrupted each other 
was like really, really organic and it felt cool. They're allowed to do it. They're allowed to do it. It's a shame. Uh, but Stephanie, especially, she will talk over other people's bits. Oh, she like, loves no doing it. No one else can get away with she that. She loves talking over people or trying to make snide comments about people yeah. while they're doing their entrance or something. Yeah, like talk over the entrance music. And like some... A lot of the time it's annoying. It falls but, uh, flat a lot of the time as well. But I thought this was... It, it came across really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, they're bickering. It feels organic. No chance hits. Do you know what? You talk about the ends of the spectrum of great and awful entrance yeah, music. Yeah. Like, Stephanie McMahon's is one of the worst entrance themes of all time. Like, top five worst themes of all time. Vince McMahon. You're talking top five best of all time. Jim it's Johnson's such. Fighters. Oh, it's an amazing song. Uh, I, I mean, I love Shane McMahon's music. Here comes the money. Oh, you're that guy. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm with you. It's fine. But yeah, Vince McMahon comes out looking, you know, old. Yeah, I mean, so one of our website writers, uh, Andy Datsun, is in the office today, and he was watching a big show thing uh, on WWE.com. He was like, oh, he looks like an old man. I was like, it's because he is an old man. Yeah. And Vince looks old because, yeah, he's an old man now. It's, he's, he's, he's so no, it looks like he's shrunk in the wash a bit. From the, I always think of, like, the oldest Vince in my head is 2006, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So everything after. Oh, no, when he had that match against CM Punk. That's like the last... Did he have a match with CM Punk? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they did the angle and everything. Did they have a match? Yeah, they had a match on Raw. God, I don't remember that mm. whatsoever. So it was about 20, uh, 2012, 2011 yeah. maybe. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, the, but he, he comes out and he does a dance break. Yeah, because the story is, apparently the, the rumour and innuendo, is that Vince McMahon and R-Truth are like, you know, really close and chummy in, <laughs> in real life. Because Vince has said, R-Truth is the funniest person he's ever met in his life. So it almost makes sense that this segment's here. Like, when he hugged R-Truth in the ring, I was like, oh yeah, do you remember that story about how, like, truth, like he thinks that Truth is legitimately the funniest person he's ever met. Well, that, there's that famous backstage image isn't there yeah. of them like Vince just the happiest most bust in a gut laughter I've ever seen yeah. and it's our truth who's obviously told the joke yeah oh what a what, I want to see that odd couple where's that ride along where's that on the WWE yeah. network yeah oh. Uh, maybe maybe I, like fly along with it because it'd be on the plane. Of course. Uh, I was I was just a bit disappointed that Vince didn't break in the stand back. Well, I was disappointed that this didn't build to anything. It like, just stopped. Yeah, it just end like it literally just stopped and ended. Again, maybe it ran longer than it was supposed to. Mm. But um So that's the apparently it did. That and evolution. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Well yeah, I mean that makes sense. Um but it's yeah, it's like I, I thought maybe they'll announce a match or something. Or like they, there's a tag match later on for the titles, and they said like, oh, it was Paige and all the old SmackDown GMs uh, booked this match together. I was like, why don't you just do this here in the in the ring? Use mm. this segment to build to something later in the show. As it was, like I made this joke throughout the SmackDown review, which hasn't gone live yet, but I'm sh- I'm going to assume everyone hates it. Is um just going cameo. Because that's, yeah, that's, that's what the show felt like. A lot, a lot of it, yeah. And and I'd imagine that, and this segment really was just like cameo. Yeah, it didn't. It's it's very similar to, I mean, Raw twenty five, terrible show. But what an opening segment! Yeah, with Vince McMahon and Stone Cold. Shane was in there as well. Was wasn't? yeah, stunners and, all around. Oh yeah, so that was that was remarkable. But it did not build to anything. So in isolation, very good. But you know, no substance. Whereas Evolution's reunion 
had all that and it had some fantastic substance. Yeah. Um, next up, we got AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Of course, they will fight at Crown Jewel for the WWE Championship. And they did the gimmick of, well, now they'll have to work together in a tag match against the Usos. I would have I would have liked a reason why, but, well, you know, fair yeah. enough. I mean, my first note here is just, I talk about a match I didn't know I wanted to see. Mm. Because, like, when the Usos came out, I was like, I'm so into watching this match. Ah, okay. I got the, like, ah, oh, man, the Usos have fallen so far down the car. Oh, really? I'm, they won here, so that's good. But, like, you know, where have the Usos been? And, and it's not their fault. Like, what else can they do? They stole 2017. <laughs> and then they play second fiddle to the Bludgeon Brothers and get lost in a very stacked... SmackDown tag division. They, should, I, they yeah. need to go to Raw immediately. It's funny, actually, you say that. Like I, um, so I put up a tweet yesterday about the um, the Evolution Battle Royal of just being like, well, you know, it's the entire the rest of the women's division is just being put into this one match. And someone like I had quite a few people tweet back to me. It's like, well, they can't all have storylines, and that's that's exactly what the tag team division is like. You look at the Usos, it's like they can't all have storylines. No one says that about other shows. I know. Well, it can't be entertaining all the time. Kind of all the kind of storylines. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was the Usos versus AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Um, it was like really lively crowd. There was a really nice spot where AJ locked in the calf crusher on one Uso. <laughs> Daniel Bryan got the yes sock on another. Yeah, uh, and that was like going right into the ad break. I thought that was one of the more effective. <laughs> We're going into a break. But Smackdown a rolls break on just before. Um, but yeah, the finish was Brian accidentally collides with AJ and he turns right round into a, a double super kick and takes the, the loss. So I like that the Usos won. I would have liked the commentary to put over more that they won because they are a team all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as great as AJ and Brian are individually. I think Corey was saying that throughout oh, okay, the match. That's good. And I and what I liked about this is that last week this feud when like you know that was the first part of this feud they were on Miz TV and they were just joking with the Miz making fun of the Miz and it was all about Daniel Bryan be like you know this is all joking and everything but I am going to win at mm. Crown Jewel and AJ was like yeah I mean you're a nice guy and everything but I am going to win at Crown Jewel and it was kind of, it was this very friendly rivalry this almost now is kind of like it's this it's the end of the friendly rivalry now yeah. and now we can go into something different and I think that's quite a nice curve to take this on for the next couple of weeks before we get to the show. So I, I, I quite like the outcome of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've got no disagreement with with the dynamic shift, and I just, uh, yeah, I just don't see why why they had to work together in a tag match. I, I, I'm not super down on it. It's just I don't think it was effective as it could have been. Plus, what left a bad taste in my mouth at the end, like Byron Saxton is is asking on commentary. Ah, oh, but what about their friendship? <laughs> and, and we call the women's division out for it all the time, so we have to do it here as well. Who gives a crap? Yeah. Like, they're fighting for the WWE title. They're going to combust at some point. Like, what? not every... And where is this Brian-AJ friendship? That's never been alluded to before. You're just supposed so, to know, mate. So, yeah, I... I Stop making people. Stop making it out like everyone's friends backstage. They should be all at each other's throats. You should have very professional rivalry. But yeah, I'm done I, with that. I completely agree with you. Uh, then we get a backstage segment with Paige. Just you know, no no talking, but Paige is with Vicky Guerrero. Then Teddy Long just comes in and starts doing his thing, and then John Laurinaitis walks in and just points to the ceiling in the white suit. Yep. Uh, people power cameo. So yeah, like um. Like I don't don't fully understand why adults would just start dancing in front of a camera 
randomly. Hey man, but, it's a celebration. But I, I'm one of the few John Laurinaitis fans, <laughs> so I really did pop. <laughs> Pop for him. I think he was, I thought he was awesome. Yeah. Uh, evolution segment next, which we discussed. Mm -hmm. Then the Miz versus Rusev. Well, before that, we got a uh, The Rock um, sent a tweet yes. to say, you know, congrats SmackDown. So that was nice. Nice uh, to have you, Rock. Nice to have. Nice for your secretary to write that tweet out for you and post it. Um, and that that I think was kind of like my big. I, I said this in the review, and I don't want to get into final thoughts just yet. But like, I didn't think this worked particularly as a celebration of SmackDown. Because all the guys I would associate with SmackDown weren't really there. Like, Rock wasn't there, Cena wasn't there, JBL wasn't there. Mm, they JBL's a good one. They didn't yeah. do a video package for Eddie Guerrero. You know, mm. like, Ray was there, but, you know, he had his match with Nakamura and Edge and Batista. But Batista was more about the evolution thing. So it never really felt like a celebration of SmackDown. And Kurt Angle as well was oh. just like, uh, <laughs> he was, he he was, was just there. deployed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, blink and you miss him. I, I mean, I, he was on commentary here. I genuinely forgot he was there as well. Yeah, so Kurt was on commentary for The Miz versus Rusev because I liked how they, they gave a, a reason for it because the crown, this is a, was a crown jewel qualifier. Kurt Angle has qualified for that World Cup. To determine the best in the But, world. you know, of, of, of all the people who didn't need a reason to be... It's, it's like Kurt deserves a segment all by himself with someone. Yeah, again, he was one of those guys that was really putting SmackDown on the map when they first did the brand split mm. and they wanted to make SmackDown like Paul Heyman was determined to make SmackDown feel like a big deal yeah a bit of a Paul Heyman promo would have would have been nice as well yeah it's actually a good shout I yeah. mean you know Brock's expensive but yeah and maybe he would have done it out the good of his good of his heart yeah uh, but yeah the Rock I th yeah I, like I thought is that it yeah when Rock tweeted and then I like even at the end of the show I was like okay well Undertaker and maybe The Rock does something as well. Well, it didn't even get like a you know live via satellite thing no. that John Cena did later on. So Rock did was it the tenth anniversary or the fifteenth? Rock did a recorded message mm. with all these belts at home, and that was that was great. That was a really good promo. So yeah, not even a pre-recorded thing. Yeah, he's busy. Mm. He's a busy man. Uh, anyway, Aiden English ran down literally as soon as the match basically started, uh, and he tripped Rusev, and then Rusev got rolled up by Miz. Match did go about thirty seconds, if, if that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then afterwards, Lana low blowed Aiden English because he's an idiot and didn't run away. He literally stood there with his legs apart, like you were asking for it, mate. Well, I tell you, who did run away? As soon as Miz made the pin, he bolted out there. Have you seen the gif that's doing the rounds? No. When when he because like. Aiden's just standing there with his hands up in the air after he's cost Rusev the victory. Miz runs past him, jumps up, high fives English in one fell swoop, and then keeps on running. That's it's amazing. great. It's very good. Um, yeah, uh, and then the. Uh, so I, actually, I got an email from someone. I don't know if they watched the Ramble or if they just watched the news. I'm assuming they watched the Ramble, but they sent an email to say that um, Aiden English's t shirt makes no sense mm. because. Um, because uh, Rusev has got the Bulgarian flag and Lana has got the Russian flag, even though she's not Russian, although her character was at one point. But he said, I don't know why Aidens has got the Argentinian flag. And, it's, and he said, like, as best I can tell, he's from Chicago. <laughs> and like, and I, I'm, I'm guessing that he didn't mean it like ironically. It's just that, yeah, you know, he is from Chicago and it's the Chicago colors. That's why he's got that. Oh, okay. I think he was gen genuinely confused. Go. Yeah. Good to clear that up. Yeah. So I um, thought I would do this on, rather than the podcast. But Rusev beats up Aiden 
and chucks him into the steel steps and over the table. And then, the, yeah, the segment just ends. It and it cut to the back so quickly. It was yeah. like he barely got over the table and they were like, cut. We need yeah. to get to the back. And it was there with Kurt Hawkins talking to Edge. They were once lackey. He was once a lackey for Edge. An Edgehead. He was an Edgehead with Zack Ryder. And he's he's on his phone. He's got a picture of Zack Ryder like trying to call mm. and be like, "Hey, do you want to take this call with Zack Ryder?" And Edge is going, "No." Nope. <laughs> he's like doing the no. Let's not do that. Which is weird because apparently Zack Ryder was backstage. <laughs> so I don't know why they just didn't. They, surely they could have worked out a funny thing with them all together. He's getting ripped for two hundred five live. He's got yeah. he's got to lose some weight, mate. Um, then we got the Edge segment, so the Cutting Edge talk show with Charlotte and Becky. Well, it was with Becky Lynch mainly. And uh, Edge comes down. Man, I love Edge. He's so great he was, entrance music. He was so. Oh, that's a great song as well. Mm. A bit of Alter Bridge. He looked so happy to be there. But yeah. the the highlight for this for me though was Tony Chimmel back. Superstar. <laughs> And he did it on but I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. That gave me some, like, yes, that's awesome. Um, and then he comes down, and he's, like, talking about how, like, SmackDown really felt like his show. You know, he cashed in on Undertaker, won his hit the World Heavyweight Championship. He had that no-DQ match with Eddie. He married Vicky. He divorced, he divorced Vicky. Way. However, that's been pointed out. That happened on Raw. Ah. So he didn't divorce Vicky on SmackDown at okay. all. Um, and But then, and this is where the segment took a bit of a turn for me. He's like, I'm here to be SmackDown's moral compass. Because he brings out Becky Lynch. As soon as he said that, I thought, oh, oh no, you're no. against Becky. Why would That's we what I this? thought. I was like, no. And he brings out Becky Lynch and they sit down. And he's like, I see a lot of myself in you. You know, I was someone, I wasn't on the posters. I wasn't supposed to be at the top of the card, but I fought to get there. And like you, I, I lost a lot of friendships. I burned every bridge I possibly could. But you know what happens when you get to the top? You find out it's a lonely place. And when you're at home later on in your life and you're looking at all those championships that you won, you'll be alone and you won't like yourself. And the crowd start chiming for Becky because she's awesome. And Becky just said, like, yeah, you're right. I don't like myself. I love myself. Oh, and the crowd, great, Becky, right? Becky, yeah. because everyone is really into Becky apart from this bloody company. Yes. It's so infuriating. So this was like on paper. This is great. Yeah. Like this is like Edge's moral compass promo. And uh, the, the story of someone turning on their friends to, to get the championships, all great. And I thought, well, why isn't it working then? Uh, and it is, you're right, it's because we are all into Becky as a badass. So, and we never really bought into the Charlotte-Becky relationship. And I thought, well, how would this work? And I thought, if they did this sort of angle after Kevin Owens turned on Chris Jericho... I'd have been like, you're damn right, Kevin Owens is the worst human being. Mm. Because I bought into him as a heel. That was like the most emotionally affected I've been in years from a WWE storyline. But yeah, it's just, they're telling a great story with the wrong person. It's the Roman Reigns thing it's all Roman over again. Reigns. So it's, it's, and, and yet that, like, I don't know how they cannot hear these crowd reactions. It's quite demonstrably the wrong thing they're doing. And Becky has this killer line after she says, uh, you know, I don't like myself. I love myself. Now get out of my ring. Don't hurt your neck on the way out. And we're meant to, like, they want us to boo that. But we're like, no, that's a really great line. Like, mm. that's a badass line. And it's so funny because we're doing um, Bad Blood 97 for Wrestle Ramble Lecture. And I was watching it a bit of earlier as so we were going to record later on. And... That was that was like very early in like Austin's run when people were, he was starting to catch fire. Like he'd won the IC belt, but he got injured and he had his neck broken by Owen Hart. But the crowd was still really, really behind him. 
And he comes out during the Owen Hart and Farouk match, and he starts essentially like raising hell. But you've got all the commentators there going like, God, he's the worst. Mm. God, I hate this guy. He's really, really awful. And yet the crowd are just like, he's the best. Absolutely love this man. He is the best. And they picked up upon that and were like, right, okay, well, let's start. He can just carry on what he's doing, but we're just going to pretend that he's a babyface and act mm. like he's a babyface. And it worked. And you just got to look at this company and be like, you know this works. Like, it's, you've literally got a track record of this working, and you're ignoring it. Yeah. Because then Charlotte comes out, booed heavily, because she comes out and says that no one likes Becky when we do. And then they have a fight, and the crowd boo when Charlotte is, is winning, and cheer when Becky is winning. And it's just, it's not working the way they want it to work. And yet they're so determined to make it work the way they want it to work. And it's, it's a real shame. Yeah, and Edge just Thanos is away. Yeah, it's so this. frustrating. Uh, and then they they hard cut again. Like it's it, it's very, you know, they, like it felt like it's not the kind of frantic cutting. It's the kind of oh, this is a bit clunky cutting yeah. to another thing. Where Rey Mysterio is backstage hugging Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Jeff, right, mate, that was nice. It was nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention on that um, Becky promo was um, oh, sorry, Edge literally like did a return of the jedi like he was like luke skywalker mm. looking at darth vader going like i see the good in you and yeah it was just nice I thought it was, it was, <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was meant to be a return of the jedi in reference uh so then we got um other than evolution my favorite bit of the show the bar and the new day had a corking match yeah they did went through two commercial breaks um had- i wish it didn't <laughs> I wish it was only one commercial break because that second one was like the the actual wrestling in between yeah. the breaks was about a minute and a half. Yeah, like I, could you not put that break somewhere else? Yeah, um, because this was like it really deserved a, me to see more of it. Yeah, like, I enjoyed all the stuff that was happening, but yeah, it was really like disjointed. My favorite bit of this match, though, and when I mean my favorite bit, obviously it's not my favorite bit; it's the bit that made me howl with laughter. Is because they've got Jerry Lawler and Booker T doing commentary, and they're sat behind the uh, the pancake table, and you know Jerry Lawler and Booker T, they're going like, "Way, hey, blah blah blah," you know, it's good to be here, SmackDown one thousand, and then they start doing the match. Then the camera cuts to Jerry and Booker doing commentary, but they're not doing commentary; they're just watching the match. But they're meant to be doing commentary, and all of a sudden Jerry goes, "Oh, are we on? Oh, look at this match! Look at that move right there that he just did." He jumps half a foot off his seat. It's in the little inset <laughs> bit in the, in the bottom corner of the screen they show him, and yet, yeah, they're just silent. Oh yeah, oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're on. Um, <laughs> so, we're doing commentary. So. I just it was like I like seeing Jerry there. I guess Booker T, fine. Um, but you've got Jr. under contract, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I'm Jr. and King. Well, I well yeah, but they were more a Raw team. Like like when SmackDown started, uh, it, it yeah. was Jerry and Michael Cole. Yeah. So like Jerry and Michael Cole could have like worked there, but like why didn't you call Taz? Ah, and do yeah. like Michael Cole and Taz. I ah. and I said this in the review. This I this match would have been so great because this really would have straddled that line between a nostalgic show and being you know furthering storylines by having Michael Cole and Taz do the commentary for this show just them those mm. two doing the whole commentary and I've said this in review I never thought I would hear myself say I really wish Michael Cole was doing commentary for this but I thought that would have been really nice um, the actual match itself was, was really fast paced mm. uh, it had to be yeah because they they didn't get actual much TV time I think in the live arena they did huge Urinagi from Big E mm. on Cesaro's Ooh, neck landed right uh, on his right neck right at the start yeah. uh, Cesaro deadlifts Big E up for a neutralizer later loads of near falls a really really good one where Sheamus 
rolled up a member of the New Day and had his feet on the ropes and Kofi runs past and knocks them off at the perfect time for a, a near three Yeah, it's count. really good. Uh, and then the bar go to put him through, put Kofi through the table, but Big Show's music hits. Yeah, Big, Sh- Big Show walks down to the ring. It looks like he's there to protect uh, the New Day because he kind of like scares off the bar. But then he turns around and he grabs Kofi by the neck and he choke slams him through the table. Another Big Show heel turn. The Bar win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships and they celebrate in the ring with the Big Show. Like both hold and Big Show's holding up both belts. And I was like, what a weird little faction. I'm so intrigued by it. Yeah. It's a weird little faction, but I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. So yeah, is it's like, is this a long term thing? Or was this was this a meta joke on the amount of times Big Show's turned heel? Mm. So one review I read was, I'm surprised Big Show didn't turn face at the end and beat <laughs> them both up again. Uh, but the, yeah, like, I, I mean, I spoke last week about that Randy Orton Big Show main event. I was almost hoping Big Show would align himself with Orton and they'd create this grizzled old veterans thing and mm-hmm. they start beating up loads of youngsters. Can I give um, you my... Um Here's my wish, my hope, my wishing and hoping. Oh, go for it. Is that next week on the show, you'll love this. Next week on the show, they announce that they are dissolving the SmackDown Tag Team Championships and introducing a six-man tag team championship and that's exclusive to SmackDown. Because on there, you've got, you know, this new Franken team of the Bar and Big Show, Sanity, New Day, and then you could always put together Gallows Anderson and AJ Styles. That's four teams already. That's almost more than your SmackDown, like your women's division. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'm not against that. And then maybe even AOP come over with Drake Maverick. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lucha House Party from 205 Live, they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, stupid name. They're fantastic. <laughs> it is amongst the worst tag team names ever. Well. But we've got quite a comfortable winner now. <laughs> Thanks, Trish and Lita. Uh, but yes, I, I thought this was a, a really good match. And like you said, an intriguing angle. Don't mm. know where they're going to go with it, but it's at least... I want to see what happens. Did you hear uh, Big Show's reasoning for why he did this? <laughs> he did a WWE.com interview. Um, Andy Datsun played it to me just before I came out. And he simply said, that's the sort of thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a... With Big Show's character, that's a perfect reason. Absolutely. Uh, then we got a, a, a pre-recorded promo in a nondescript location. I was clearly at, su- at Super Showdown. Like the yeah, lighting was the was, Super Showdown lighting. Ah, yeah, of course. He's wearing the same T-shirt. He hadn't had his haircut. It was John Cena's haircut, a promo. Yeah, about the history of SmackDown. I love it when John Cena goes into this mode. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you about the history and this like story time with John. Okay, so I, I've interviewed John Cena. He's one of the few wrestlers I actually have interviewed um, from WWE. And we asked him, and I felt very awkward because I don't like doing these bits, but he asks, you know, ask someone in a professional interview setting, can you look at the camera and, and give us a shout-out so we can put it as a bumper at the start and say, can you look at the camera and say, support Wrestle Talk, give him subscribe. John Cena is such a professional. Yes, yeah. He literally just like goes, knew where the camera was, knew exactly what to do, how to say it, the inflection to do it. He can ad-lib. And I just thought that's what we got here as well. This was literally like, oh, can you record a quick um, SmackDown like thing we're going to play on SmackDown 1000? He was like, yeah, sure. Boop. And he just knew exactly what mm. to do, exactly what to say, how long to say it for. And it probably done it in one take because he's, he's such a professional. He's such a pro. Yeah. Uh, which might be why it's not consistent with what happened a few weeks ago because he does say, I can't wait. You know, SmackDown, I'm going to be a part of it for many years to come. <laughs> 
weeks ago, at the end of Super Showdown, you were teasing retirement. Make up your mind, John. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't think you are going to be around for, for much longer. Like, not even just the retirement thing. Around like, in spirit. Around in spirit, absolutely. But it was it did, quite threatening the way you said that. It, <laughs> it rang as hollow as when The Rock came back and The Rock said, I am never leaving. I'm never going anywhere. And then he wasn't on TV for like a year. Yeah, that <laughs> and uh, Kate Winslet in Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> broken my faith in never letting go. anyone. Oh, no, I let go. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. The Titanic sinks. <laughs> Rey Mysterio took on Shinsuke Nakamura in the, I mean, it was the main event match. Uh, I, I, I felt this was quite rushed. I mean, I was... I, well, it had to be because yeah. everything had run long. But I thought as well, they, these two were not on the same page. I thought this was actually quite a sloppy match. I, I thought it was decent. But I, you know, this is Shinsuke Nakamura and Rey Mysterio. And Mysterio, if, if you told me... Mysterio had a sloppy match in WWE four years ago, which was when the last time he was wrestling on SmackDown. Then I would have gone, well, yeah, that's you mm-hmm. know, he's injured and he's just not good these days. But he's transformed himself over the last couple of years. The all-in stuff was great. Around the Indies, when we've seen him do stuff with like, Will Ospreay yeah. in New Japan, it's been fantastic. So, yeah, it was a bit of a... It was it was not what I wanted it to be. No, there was um, there was a nice spot where he did like a penguin slide underneath the bottom rope to do a splash on the outside on Shinsuke. That was really nice. The crowd started chanting, "You still got it," and I was like, "F you guys!" Like he's of course he has. He's been he had a great 2018. Um, that chant. I hate that chant as well. But yeah, I, I, there was quite a lot of bit of miscommunication, including like Nakamura not even doing the Hurricane Rana into the six one nine. Like he took the Hurricane Rana and then realized, oh no, wait, I'm meant to do a six one nine position. Mm. And he almost like got himself up to put him in that position. And yeah, I, it, I don't think it was a particularly great match. And then Nakamura was bleeding from the nose. I'm assuming from the six one nine right to the face. Um, but Rey Mysterio qualifies for the World Cup to determine the best in the world. Yeah, I, I. like realized how much I miss Nakamura as Mm. well like he's not been on TV or pay-per-views for quite some time it's like he needs a championship yeah right and just seeing his entrance and his look I was like god he's so good like he should he should have a storyline guys (laughs) put him in the women's battle royal Uh, but this was uh, yeah I thought again this had quite a few ad breaks in Mm. Um, how live TV what I understand about live TV is that if you're approaching the end of your show, you've got so many ad breaks you need to get in. So you're like, okay, let's quick. We need to cram them all in now. So that might be what happened. Yeah. And then take, as soon as the match is over, Taker's music hits, massive dong, and everyone in the ring Thanos is away. Yeah. Undertaker does his, he's slightly slow. speedier than usual, yep. slow entrance. He says, I've got three words for you, DX, as opposed to DX's two. I was like, rest in peace? Is it going to be rest in peace? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, got it. I mean, you said that on Raw. Like, I don't mm. think he needs to come out and do it here on SmackDown as well. And then he left. And that was the end of the show. I was like, what? I was like, okay, this and Triple H is going to run out of the end and they're going to do like a big spot at the end of this. I thought The Rock's music was going to hit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then, but no, it, it just ended. The um, Crown Jewel reference did get booze, though. He said at Crown Jewel and there was a smattering of booze through the crowd. So... There is something. Well there. done, Washington. Well done, Washington. Heart of uh, your country. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was just, it was so weird. You could just tell that the show had, well, the segments had overran, and that had affected everything else that was on the show. And really, you probably could have, I mean, you had to do it because he was advertised and you promoted it in the show. But it almost didn't need to be here. I would have taken a Tory Wilson 
over an Undertaker. <laughs> oh, of course you segment. would have done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, to name your autobiography. Pacing wise, um, not not that great, but. I really did enjoy it. Sometimes I'm easily impressed, and I just like cameos. And I thought the evolution stuff was superb. We got a title change, big shows, whatever number heel turn. So I, I, I thought a pretty solid smacktastic for me. I mean, I, I was really conflicted on this one because, as I said, I didn't think this worked as a nostalgia show. It also didn't really work as an episode of SmackDown. And what I would say, as much as I thought the evolution stuff was awesome, like the teasing of Batista and Triple H, I would be amazed if this is a SmackDown feud going forward. <laughs> yeah, good point. And like, and that's the sort of like, and that's what I mean when I was, I came out the show being like, well, I don't think this is ever going to like pay off on a future mm. episode of SmackDown. They just used SmackDown to start this, and then it's just going to move over to Raw. So SmackDown gains nothing from this, and the other guys and girls that are on that roster gain nothing from it. So it almost felt like, I know if you go by that point, it was almost a redundant segment in terms of like it being a good episode for SmackDown. You're taking a Batista Triple H feud raw. You've taken Tamina. <laughs> what more do you want from us? <laughs> this email comes in from Michael Angotti. Um, nice short Killing one. Killing it with the names today. Yeah, well, it's. Killing it. Absolutely. Uh, he has said, considering how often Ronda Rousey almost or does cry, could it be that we've been hearing it wrong and she's actually the saddest woman on the planet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, her best friends, the Bella Twins, turned on her. And then Nia Jax kind of, you know, hurt her feelings by wanting to hold on to her championship. Alexa Bliss unfairly snuck in when it was actually all part of the rules of the company. She's got plenty of reasons. Plenty of reasons. Sorry, right, right, but she'll be smiling when she walks down the ring. Just don't oh. give her a microphone because that's when the tears start. Hey, no, that's... Like, that's just her putting on a brave face. <laughs> We've been saying that that smile looks too artificial. Yeah. It's because it is, man. Absolutely. She's the saddest woman on the planet. Uh, our good friend Buttered Toast has emailed in his favourite bad joke of all time. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, they would be bagels. Mm. <laughs> I thought you might enjoy that one. Yes, you did. Don't lie. Can I just... Uh, I don't know why I want to tell everyone this, but my girlfriend cried at Great British Bake Off <laughs> last night. <laughs> just just because the Ronda Rousey thing reminded me. It's not, it was not completely <laughs> out of the blue. Uh, but Absolutely, yeah, she... Yeah. It, it wasn't even someone... Someone just made a... Their, their Danish pastry didn't go as well as it should have done. And she was legit crying. Tears coming out of her eyes. So yeah. I just wanted to... Yeah, I just think that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, we've got an agony answer request Ooh, okay. from Vacant. I uh, wanted to write in for some advice. So I'm currently enrolled in my first year of university and I have a psychology class. There's a Fresher! Girl- there well, is that's a- just started. Yeah. There's this girl in my class who I've become friends with. I'm 18 and she is 24. Oh. We have a test coming up this week and she messaged me if and asked if I would like to study. I said, sure, sounds cool. I will now copy and paste her message. Okay, cool. Come over to my house around one. No one will be here, but me and you can study and we can hang out a little bit and see where it goes with a winky face. Holy moly. Emoticon. I know emoji, I think it is. Um, if it's animated. Yeah, it's, like, but it's, it's just... like the Android one. So I think. Oh, okay. It, I don't know if they're different. Uh, she's dropped several more hints like this, and I'm just wondering if I'm reading a little bit too much into this. Because of the way it's coming across, if she wants to be pretty much come over and jog, as you guys call it. Anyway, any advice would be greatly appreciated. Much love from the USA. Oh, oh, Thank you very oh. much for your email, Vacant. 
Um, I'd imagine by the time we've actually read this out, you this will you'd have gone over to study and perhaps jog. So maybe our advice will be fruitless at this point. But um, I mean, my advice would just be just go over there and as you said see where it goes Take, she might yeah. she might just mean come over here and watch house on haunted hill or whatever it's called on netflix that show that you've recommended that i watch and me and my wife are going to start very soon yeah i want to start it when i finish maniac yep um so, oh god that's that's juicy that is yeah i'm i'm excited for you friend <laughs> uh I, I don't know why i get so excited about the potential for other people getting laid it's because but you, it, it's, a, it's that yeah. five-year relationship itch that you've it's got it's a subject close to <laughs> uh wow yeah i mean that that message to me certainly sounds like she she wants to jog to, to jog yeah. but i i have always gone into every relationship thinking i'm putting them out <laughs> and i think that's a really good way to approach everything i like it because you ne- you, you never assume anything yeah and then you're always happy because mm. if it doesn't happen, oh, okay, fair enough. Like I, I, I thought I was, yeah, just confirms that I'm an asshole. <laughs> and then if something does happen, you're like, oh, bonus love. Yes, very uh, nice. So, yeah. Uh, we've got another Agony Arts request here from Vacant. Uh, I'm still torn up about something that happened almost 27 years ago. Wow. Me and my best mate had a split after being best pals for nearly seven years. When we split, we got into a fight and I threw him through a window of my friend's barbershop. Okay. A few months later, I hooked up with a co-worker's wife. That didn't last too long before we split. I even had to take some time off because I lost my smile. Over the years, I've grown as a person and have come to regret some of my bad decisions. Throughout the years, I still think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks that drive the girls wild. I've got the moves that really move them. And I send chills up and down their spine. Please help if you can. I don't want to lose my smile again. Well, screw you, man. <laughs> for, for saying that is, I don't think it's 27 years ago, but it's near about. Mm. That was a long time ago. One of our uh, Discord mods oh, feel old. said uh, in reference to someone like being like, oh, you're very good at your job. He said, need to respect my authority. And I was like, oh, that's a, neat, that's a really cute South Park reference. And then I suddenly thought, that episode probably came out quite a few years before he was actually born. Mm. And then that made me feel very old because I think I was a teenager yeah. when that was on. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, actually, we've got a bit more time. Um, I would like to read you. This is very nice. This, okay. uh, this, this is quite unique. This is a Rusev Hay in the form of a poetry corner submission. Oh, I like these ones where they merge the corners. Yes. So this is from Connor's Cure Curan. Uh, it's entitled My Awkward Toilet Cue. There I was, stood in the stands, watching the show, a spectacle so grand. And near sellout, a show so good, deservedly so, as parts I stood. Then came the end and I had to go. The toilet was calling my name, ever so. Come for me and we, you've had a drink, one, two or three. The witch's cackle, come to entice me in. Mmm, stops to rhyme now. Uh, it was clear that I'd had one too many gin. And on my way in, I was stopped in my tracks by a security guard who was dressed all in black. He told me the toilets were out of order. He sent me some just around the corner. And that's when I saw him, so big, so bold, walking straight towards me, a heart made of gold. I screamed his name like the idiot I am, but I'd already committed. Best be hung for a sheep as a lamb. I shook his hand and thanked him for everything, admiring his mighty ginger beard. Oh, God. 
God, I hope I'm not blushing. His velvet voice thanked me for what I'm not sure, as he was a part of a team that I truly <gasps> adore. He, I've realized who, I Sorry, carry on. He made my night just by saying hello, but the urge was real and I had to go. We parted ways, but not for too long, as that security guard was pretty headstrong. He sent me back to join my queue. Behind he stood and the awkwardness began to ensue. <laughs> he assured me he wasn't following me, just he had to go. And when you've got to go, you've got to go. The queue was moving, but moving so slow. We chatted about not much. We, uh, me being drunk, he began. The, uh, <clears throat> me being drunk was quite the crutch. Of all the things I wanted to say, I didn't have wasted my Rusev day. We parted again this time for good. Time to wonder what should or could. But I got what I wanted—just a handshake. For that was the day I met El Fakador, Laurie Blake. Well, well, well. I wouldn't shake his hand. I was at the progress show and I just wanted to share that moment. I met Laurie, a really nice guy. There was so much more I wanted to say, but I wanted to meet both Luke and Ollie too. But I think I kept missing you guys. Thanks for all the great content. I'm so happy for the NXT reviews. Hopefully we can get them as consistent as the rest of the contents. Until we meet again, fellow Pledge Hammer Connors Cure Karan. Thank uh. you very much. What an excellent little Rusev, hey, in the style of a poetry corner. That's so meta because it's it's two bits about us as well mm -hmm. a Rusev, I think that's the first time there's been a Rusev Hay with a member of the WrestleTalk team I think it might be yeah um, and before we get out of here let's just have um, I like to end our shows with a WrestleTalk get better oh okay and this one is, this is a really lovely one this is from uh, Cody Buckingham uh, it says hi Luke and Ollie hope this email gets to you before you record the Raw review today as it's 2.30am here in California long time SWAF Nation member will be a future pledge hammer starting this month once payday comes around this week also I was super, dis I was super stoked that you and Ollie discussed my tweet on the Smackdown review last week regarding the new day made me pop in my car on the long drive from home i have a wrestle talk get better update for you guys regarding mental health issues and how the wrestle ramble podcast as well as wrestle talk and youtube helped me deal with my life lately so in order to make a long story sh as concise as possible i will do my best to get to the point i'm a 25 year old male who has suffered from severe depression for a lot of my life i've battled with identity issues self-confidence issues and overall self-worth issues one constant in my life has been my fiance whom i've been dating consistently now for nine years Yet Yes, Ollie, high school sweethearts are real. <laughs> and my love uh, for sports and wrestling. Lately, with the stress, stress of finishing my master's degree, planning a wedding, looking for my, quote, big boy career, and balancing two jobs on top of that, the podcast and YouTube channel you guys provide for all of us Swap Nation members really get me through the day and bring me joy. I like to listen to the podcast while I drive, and I'm able to hear your voices in my car speakers, and it gives me a break from my problems and the stresses, of the, uh, stresses for the duration of the podcast. I have just started to go to therapy lately to work through my variety of mental health issues I have, mainly looking for ways to cope with my depression in a healthier manner. And I've started noticing that I make conscious decisions to do something that makes me happy on a daily basis. I feel less down about life. And listening to the Wrestle Ramble podcast is something I really enjoy and I do as a form of self-care. Just wanted everyone to know at WrestleTalk how much you all mean to me and that you guys might not know, but the hard work you do for us SWAF Nation members does not get lost. Thank you for being consistent uh, team at WrestleTalk and I hope one day I get to meet you all stay swapped and that's from cody buckingham ps is attached of me and my fiance in high schools just to show you that i ollie that you can meet your love as a teenager ah they're a pretty couple there's a gorgeous couple and you've got an excellent head of hair on you as well uh that is lovely thank you so much for that email that's a picture of them in high school Whoa. <laughs> that, that is, is quite there i love it that's awesome, awesome. Haircuts. yeah thank you so much for that email it was uh really means a lot and i'm glad that we can help out in any 
any way we can with our silly little nonsense that we spout about here. I'm pretty sure we can start putting that on the official iTunes description that we are medically proven to cure yeah. depression. As, as said by at least one person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh my, I saw an advert the other day that said uh, 60% of 30 women said this was a, like this was effective. It was like a, a beauty thing. Yeah. I thought, that is not a big enough group <laughs> <laughs> to get a stat from. <laughs> and it's only 60%. Yeah. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> 16 people out of 30 said, said this was an effective basically moisturizer. Half, basically half what? liked it. It's like just my family and friends. I emailed my Facebook group and the people who got back to me, I've made a L'Oreal advert off the back of. And it's not even like they all said it was really good. They said it was effective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think this is effective? What does effective mean? Well, I don't know. Do you, but do you think it's effective? Yeah, I've given you two options. Is it or isn't it? Let yeah. me know which one. <sighs> Anyway, that is all we've got time for on today's show. Myself and Laurie will be back uh, tomorrow for the NXT Wrestle Ramble with more of your emails, your uh, Rusev Hayes, your Agony Arts requests, your Poetry Corner submissions. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I believe there's going to be a big thing happening on NXT tomorrow, so we're very looking forward to covering that. And then Ollie will return on the Saturday podcast. Uh, there might be fantasy booking warfare this week, but oh, we're not. Yeah, that. but we're not sure because Ollie says that he needs at least two weeks to be able to prepare to, to ignore it and then frantic. But like it, it festers in the back of my head. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. I haven't. I've, oh, I need to go on a walk. <laughs> I just need to go on a long walk. So I get first... my hair cut. That's where I do most of the fantasy booking. <laughs> just waiting forever. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. At least I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.